Bishop Dr. Michael Hutton Wood, the Senior Pastor of House of Judah, UK, the Happy Church, presents six dynamic life-changing books that will catapult you to higher heights and title. Success Has No Uncles, 12 Cancers to Avoid at All Costs in Leadership, Ministry, and Management. You have only one life. Make it count. Understanding and releasing the power of first fruit offerings and tithes. Invoking the incredible power of altars and sacrifices. Forgive, but don't forget. Success is self-determined. Success consists of little daily efforts. And failure consists of little daily neglects. Daniel said, I understood by books. No matter what life throws at you, stay focused and keep moving through relevant and current information. These books are definitely a must for your library. Order your copies today by calling or visiting our website, www.housejitter.org.uk, or using the information on your screen. We are in our month of financial freedom. Financial freedom. With everything happening around the globe, in these last days, Isaiah chapter 2, verse 1 to 3 says, The mountain of the Lord's house will be established on top of the mountain, and all nations shall gravitate towards the church for answers. This is where the answers are, the house of God. Amen. And so the best place to learn, you know, when we're growing up in school, they didn't teach us anything about finances, only for us to emerge from school, college, and university to have to deal with money matters, which we were ignorant of. So the last hope for the world is the church to teach these things. Amen. Bible says, darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness shall cover the people, but his light shall be seen on his people, and his glory shall be seen on his people. So... The world, will be running to, the world will be running to the church for answers. That's why we must have the answers. Amen. So we're going to look at financial principles and financial behaviors. Now, tithing alone does not make you rich. You must tithe, you must give offerings, you must go to church, you must be born again, you must serve. But that alone does not make you rich and wealthy. There are financial principles you must observe after tithing, after going to church, after praying, after fasting. There are additional things you need to do. It's a combination. Just like when you're, when you're going to prepare stew, you don't need only onions. You need tomatoes. You need pepper. You need oil. Is that true? You need various ingredients. It's the same in this kingdom. You need various ingredients. So, write this down. Financial principles. And financial behaviors, financial principles, and financial behaviors we must adopt to become financially successful. Amen. Some people say, why should we teach about money in church? Tell me why you wake up in the morning every day. Tell me why you go to school, you went to school, you went to college, you went for a degree, and you look for a job. Tell me why. Everything you do in this life requires money. So you need to know, you must have financial education. You must be taught about money, how to handle money, so that more can gravitate towards you. Because a waster 
Yesterday on lunch hour with her achievers, we looked at wastage, the cost of wastage. You know, we looked at the food. You have three people in your house and you cook three, uh, what, five cups of rice and then waste it. And we said every food you throw in the bin, assuming it's one pound, 365 days, you have wasted 365 days and your money is inside your bin. Your money is in your bin. Some people are asking for more money and they have clothes in their wardrobe that they have no war when eBay can help them out. So we need to become financially literate. Shout amen. So listen to this as I start. God is not taking advantage of you in telling you to follow him, obey his principles, his instructions, including tithing, giving, going to church, getting fully involved in church, working and active service. God is not taking advantage of us when he tells us to follow certain principles. Nothing that God tells us to do is for his advantage. When God says go to church, when God says get involved, when God says uh, tithe, give, serve, pray, it's not for God's advantage. It's for our advantage. Every instruction is for our advantage. Tell your neighbor, I will take advantage of this advantage. To have an advantage. Write it down. Say, I will take advantage of this advantage to have an advantage. So, God is not, God is not taking advantage of us when he tells us to come to church and hear instructions that will change our lives. As a matter of fact, it's purely for us and our children's children. God never forces his word on anyone and neither do us pastors. We'll teach you and we'll encourage you to follow it so you can get your Results. Shout amen. So, are you ready? We're looking at 21 habits of the rich. 21 habits of the rich. 21 habits of the rich. Are we ready to roll? 21 habits and behaviors of the rich and wealthy. Glory to God. Our fundamental primary scriptures for that is Third John 2, I wish above all things, now this God, he wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. Then Second Corinthians 8 verse 9, he says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor that we might become rich. Now, sometimes some people interpret that he became poor, that we might become rich, that Jesus was poor. No. Lift up your head and listen to this, or if you're writing, that's fine. If he says he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich, what he means is that God lives in heaven. Jesus used to live in heaven with God, the Trinity. Compared to the riches he enjoyed in heaven, where the streets are paved with gold, and then he coming down to the earth, comparatively and relatively, he became poor, that we might become rich. Now ask your neighbor, if he became rich for you, ask your neighbor, if he became rich for you, why are you entertaining poverty? He became, somebody took your place and became rich for you and is downloading, about to download principles that will enable you to... Now, one thing I need you to discover is the bottom there, it says, becoming rich is a process. He said, he became rich that we might become... He became poor that we, through his poverty, might become rich. Did you see that? He became poor that we through his poverty might become rich. He wishes above all things that we prosper and be in health as our soul prospers. 
Then Zechariah chapter 117, it says, Crying, saying, Thus saith the Lord, My cities, my people, through prosperity, my kingdom and influence shall spread abroad. So without prosperity, we cannot spread the gospel. That's why we must be prosperous. We must not shy away. Look, some people say things like, the poorer you are, the more you look like God. Now tell your neighbor, you don't look like him at all. You don't look like God at all. God's streets are paved with gold. The wall is made of jasper, pearls. Jasper, gates of jasper, pearls, all those things. Jewels and minerals that we have never heard of. We are supposed to live in heaven on earth and show the world that we are the answer to their problems. So if we are broke, how do we help broke people come out of brokenness? So we must know about this financial print. He became poor, became poor relatively compared to where he came from. He reduced himself. Now listen, if he became poor and had a treasurer who was a thief and employed 12 people to work for who which poor person employs people? And which poor person hires a treasurer to take care of his money who is stealing from the bank and still has money to do crusade? People say things like, one day Jesus said, foxes have holes, birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. But in the same Gospels, some people came to see Jesus and said, we would like to go with you and see where you live. He said, come and see. You don't tell somebody come and see when you are perching in Soho on the cardboard box. He had his own place. Don't forget that Jesus' father was a carpenter. And the carpenter is not Africa carpenter. That carpenter was an architect, an architect, a builder. His father was an architect and a builder, not a Ghana carpenter who built only chairs and tables. The day I teach you on was Jesus rich or poor, you will somersault in this place. When he was born, they brought him gold, frankincense and mare, to set him up for his life. Gold. You, when you have been dedicated, what did they bring? Water. If even they brought anything at all. Look at them and say, mercy, mercy, mercy. Read your Bible properly. Jesus was not poor. And he came to show us how to make it happen. He was buried in the tomb of the rich, Joseph of Arimathea. When he was going to preach on the sea, he had a convoy of ships, not boats. We will get there one day. Just whetting your appetite. Look. Poverty mentality leads to poverty. Prosperity mentality leads to prosperity. If you think poor, you can never stumble on prosperity. Because we are what we think. Yeah, some people think we should just be, you know, don't teach these things in church. That means we should leave the world to be inventors and innovators and creators and um, employers. When we should become employers of labor. We should become job creators. We are job seekers now. Thank God there's a stage one. But we must graduate through these teachings. I'm going to show you something that will shock you, including quotes from the, the president and ruler of Dubai. We have to start thinking strategically. They used to say, poor like a church rat. Where do you find rats in church? Tell your neighbor, by the end of this series, you won't recognize me. I may become your employer. Your amen has gone. What you say is what you get. This is not a poverty church. 
is a rich church full of rich people becoming richer. Am I describing you? I said, am I describing you? You may not look like it yet, but you are becoming it. By the word, clap your hand, somebody. Clap your hand. Let me know you are in the house. This world is waiting for us. So, let's look at there. Number one, what are the habits of the rich? <laughs> what are the habits of the rich? Number one, they live within their means. The rich live within their means. Now, 1 Timothy 6, 17 to 8, it says, Charge them that are rich in this world that they should not be high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, watch this, watch this, watch this. Look at the and say, watch this, watch this, watch this. Look at the next line. Trust, it says, charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, which is money that we use day in and day out. But they should trust in the living God. Read the next line. Who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. God gives us richly. His intention is to give us richly all things to enjoy. And then, that we do good with the riches, that we be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Clap your hand. Good works, willing to communicate, become distributors, not, not hoarders. He blesses us to become distributors, communicators, engaging in good work. That's why he gives us richly all, and he says he gives us richly some things. Richly all. This is Bible. This is the Bible. It's in your Bible. It's not in the Quran. This is the Bible. Even Muslims use these principles I'm about to teach to create wealth. That's why they are employing us. That's why we, 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 they are our landlords. That's why they sell the food that they don't eat to us. While we, we won't go there. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm speaking to a black person. Tell your neighbor, I'm speaking to a black person. I'm trying to change a black person's mentality to start thinking Bible, not where they came from. Shout amen. amen. So what are the habits of rich people? We're looking at the habits of the rich. So if you don't adopt the habits of rich people, like Jesus as an example, you can't operate like them. Amen. So what was the first habit of the rich? They live within their means. Is it up there? Next slide. They live, they live within their means. They believe in frugality, the art of being economical or wise with money or, or food. And they believe in downsizing when it is required. Sometimes you must downsize to upsize. I'm, I'm not talking, I'm not speaking about uh, uh, Nehum Habakkuk. I'm giving you financial principles after your prayer and fasting. These are behaviors you must adopt with finances so you can attract finances. Am I in the house? Are you, are you with me? Everybody say downsizing. Sometimes you must downsize. Years ago when our properties were possessed, we downsized. And went and lived in a council flat for 10 years. 
10 years, downsized. I downsized from Mercedes to Honda. No shame. He carried me from A to B, isn't it? He carried me to church. He saw me every Sunday. And if I didn't have the car, I'll take Uber. Glory to God for Uber or boat. And all these things, Uber, boats, and all these things are creativity, ideas. Uber started with Uber, taxi. Now we hear of Uber Eats. We hear of Deliveroo. These are all creativity, creativity. The next person who is going to be creative is in this room. The next person who is going to be innovative and creative and inventive is in this room. If you are the one, scream, I am the one. Oh. Rich people believe in frugality. They live within their means, not above their means. You, are, you earn 200 pounds a week, stay within the 200 pounds. You pay your tithe 10%, you give your offering, then you save 10% and you invest 10%. Tend to yourself and live on 70 or 60, 60, 40 or 70, 30 principle. Don't chop off. Tomorrow is coming. We will meet in the, in the garage. Clap before I say I do something to you. Don't eat all the money that comes into your hand. Don't spend it. Let me not even go there. They believe in frugality. Frugality. Frugality and downsizing when you have to downsize. Warren Buffett is one of the greatest investors and richest and wealthiest men on the planet. The man still drives the same car drives on the same route, stops at McDonald's to get a cup of coffee or something, and then goes straight to his office. He's still living in the same house he lived in since 1952 or 62, if it was us, with all the money that Warren Buffett has. Croydon, Croydon, in my, in my our language, say Croydon will not hear. No, that's our language interpretation. I'm a noonie. I'm a noonie. Croydon will not hear. The whole of Croydon will know we are prosperous. Yes. And you don't know how to swim. You jump in there and die. And leave the property for somebody. It won't be you. Rich people, everybody scream, rich people live within their means. <laughs> and I'll tell your neighbor, I'm warning you, live within your means. Don't try to impress me. I'm not impressed. Live within your means. Listen to this. Under number one, wealthy people, listen, please, please pay attention. There's nothing extraordinary about wealthy people. It's their habits and their behavior that separate them from, from, from people. Wealthy people avoid overspending by paying their future selves first. They pay their future first. Tithing is paying your future because you're securing your destiny, life insurance. <laughs> Life insurance, uh, life assurance, spiritual policy over your life that the devourer does not mess you up. You secure your future with your tithe, with your giving, with your service, with your working, with your thinking, with your planning, with wise words. Wealthy people avoid overspending by paying their future first. How do they do that? They save 20% of their net income and live on the remaining 80%. They save 20%. And live on 
among those who are struggling financially, now look at the habit of the rich. They save 20%, they live on 80, or they save 30 and live on uh, 70, or save 10 and live on 90. Whichever way, listen to this. Among those who are struggling financially, almost all of them are living above their means. They spend more than they earn. And their debt is overwhelmed. One thing I can't, I, I just don't know how to, I, I just can't uh, recover from are people who spend their money before they are paid. That's one thing, one sickness I've not recovered from. It's not my sickness, but I, I've not recovered from the thought that people, you're about to receive 1000 and you have you spent it before the day came. That was what I used to do years ago. I borrow my mother's money, and my mother knew I can't pay. So it was more having mercy on me. And I, I got married, and I was doing something similar. Then I wised up. So all of us, or some of us, have been there. So we are not talking about our past. We're talking about our present, going into our future. Because listen, I'm trying to let you There's a wealth. All this is predicated on there is a wealth transfer coming to the body of Christ. But our behaviors today is what will determine whether we qualify. Our behaviors and habits of our finances is what will determine whether... You see, because in this kingdom, wealth is not acquired. In this kingdom, wealth is entrusted. God blesses people he can trust, not people who just work. If God... Listen to this God, this kingdom you are in. This kingdom, you don't... You don't rich people don't work for money. Money works for them. In this kingdom, you don't acquire money. In the world, we acquire, we work and acquire. In this kingdom, you work all the same, but God only entrusts you with what you do, with what you have now. If he can trust you with thousand, then he will increase you to two. I put, did you see what I put on uh, WhatsApp today by uh, uh, Warren Buffett? He said, when you want to prosper, someone to prosper from ten straight to hundred. He said, move from 10 to 20, 20 to 30, 30 to 40, 40 to 50. Take your time. He said, by doing the same thing, tithing, giving, serving, thinking properly, planning properly, innovating, creativity. Are you understanding what I'm saying? It's our, press, it's our daily habits that leads to our success. Our daily neglects lead to our failure. It's not only prayer. And I pray. You know I pray. But I plan, and I think, and I invest, and I save. And it is to us, according to our actions, nobody's investment will yield dividend for you. Your neglect of tithing and giving, the suffering is coming to you, not not to somebody else. Tithing is not for God's benefit, not for a church's benefit, not for a definitely not for a pastor's benefit. I've told you already humorously. If pastors have been waiting for tithe, they'll be dead. Naked. And you know it's true. Think about how many of you, how many of you tithe in the churches across the nations. So a pastor is waiting for your tithe. Which one you're in a good mood, you tithe, and when you're not in a good mood. So pastor depends, his food depends on your moods. His food and his clothing depends on your feelings. Hey, are you clapping? Charlie, if you are not clapping, that means you are... No, do you understand what I'm saying? (laughs) I'm trying to help you. Mm. 
John D. Rockefeller was the first American billionaire. Guess one of the, 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 the habits of John D. Rockefeller, apart from working hard and working smart, he was a tither. He was a giver. He was involved in many philanthropic works. Good works. Good works. When resources come into your hand, don't raise your standard of living. Raise your standard of giving and generosity. Amen. Are you understanding? That is what will bring more. A farmer who eats their seed, they harvest, then they eat all. Does he have a harvest tomorrow? And we are all farmers. What we do with our resources, with our time, with our energy, determines our placement tomorrow. Individually and corporately. You will make it. I said you will make it. I said you will make it. May God entrust us with more resources. As we are faithful with our present resources, our present planning, our present timing, our present use of our energy. Because it's going to happen life. It will happen life. It will happen life. Poor people, average people, spend more than they earn, and their debt is overwhelming them. If you want to end your financial struggles, you need to make a habit of saving and budgeting what you spend. Budget, budget, budget. Get my book on budgeting. Budgeting, budget. Budgeting is creating an expenditure and income, knowing how much income you have and then how much expenditure, how much is going out, and what you need to do about it. Subtract the expenditure from the income. It will tell you your true financial position. You see, budgeting keeps you sincere. Budgeting makes you honest about your financial situation. And that's very often something we, people don't like to, to, to do. When they see their budget, it tells them things they don't want to see. So they don't like to budget. So they just leave. You won't make it. You won't make it that way. Spend no more than 25% on housing. No matter if you own or rent. Spend no more than 15% on food. And now, prices of everything is gone up. I got it. I'm anointed. I'm coming to church to preach. Guess the bill I saw this morning. From EDF. They've increased uh, energy prices of our office premises here. And they are telling me, not asking me, telling me what they are taking from our account on the 19th of May. That's not what I want to hear on Sunday morning. But it's real. So we need to budget. And it's across, it's everywhere. Energy price because of putting, putting things in Ukraine. And it's going to get worse. So let's brace ourselves and let's acquire wisdom before it gets. I'm not, I'm not a prophet of doom. I'm telling you what the Bible says. In this world, you will face challenges. But what gives you the upper hand is the word of God. And the financial principles and financial behaviors that you adopt. So you sail, you soar in the midst of the difficulty. Amen. Number two. Rich habits or habits of the rich. And it's you I'm talking about. You are, you are the rich becoming richer. Say, I am the rich becoming richer. Start saying it. Don't describe yourself as poor. You may not be there yet, but start thinking these things. Shout amen. 
Remember, he said he became rich that you become, he became poor that you become rich. Okay, so, number two, they don't build their lifestyle ahead of their income. They don't build their lifestyle ahead of their income. Rather, they create a salary to fit or determine their lifestyle. Rich people, you see rich people, don't envy them. Just learn what they know. Could you put it up again? God bless you guys. They don't build, rich people don't build their lifestyle ahead of their income. You're going to earn 2,000 pounds. Then you go and buy something before the money comes. Look. Buy your size. Wear your size, drink your size, eat your size, fly your size until you get your real size you want to get to. Don't go first class when you come back to Heathrow and your bank will be waiting for you at the airport to pay for that ticket. Don't borrow money to do a wedding. You spend more money on your marriage than on your wedding. And these days, you don't need many witnesses. Four of you are enough. Keep your money. They are coming there with no gift to help you start your future, but rather asking which food is there. When I was coming to this country, my mother told me, when you're going to visit white people, always arrange, let them invite you and let them know you are coming. Because if you don't, white people, when they prepare their food, they prepare food for the number in the house. So if you become an extra liability, they will give you newspaper to sit in the corridor and read it. And when they finish eating, they will come and say, welcome. And why are you here? Rich people don't build their lifestyle ahead of their income. They rather create a salary to fit or determine their lifestyle. So your lifestyle must be determined by your salary. Your lifestyle must be determined by your what? Don't create a lifestyle and determine a salary for it. And don't create a lifestyle and determine and, and expect somebody to finance it. Don't go borrowing money from people. I hope you are all aware, especially those of you who are new to this church, I hope you are aware that uh, in this church we don't borrow money from each other. Somebody is looking puzzled. I need to do a membership class and uh, some, a class for all those of you who are new and probably including those who have been here for a while. So it's like a refresher for all of us. You don't borrow money from members of your church. I didn't say you may not. I say you don't. It's a bad habit. And if things go wrong, they blame the church. So if you have, if you have somebody has asked you to borrow them money and they are playing cha-cha with you, you and them go to the police station. Don't tell us here. Deal with it by God. We didn't tell you to borrow money. Don't borrow money from one another in any church. Don't lend money to each other. It's unethical. Go to the bank and collect the money. If you need money from the church welfare, the welfare will help you. But it creates all kinds of crazy things. When people go... So, the person is coming this way after church. You are going that way because the money has... What kind of behavior and why do you have to go the extra work? In any church. 
and, or pretend you've forgotten that you owe the person till they remind you and you say, oh, really? When you are going out with people for entertainment and people say, they, you agree 25 pounds each, everyone you go there, you go. and then when you get there and then when it's time to pay, and people are saying, oh, pay for me. You, you, you will see them up to the year 20, 2025. You see, these are all financial behaviors and habits. So, just in case, any time I say something in the pulpit, that means some black person or white person in my congregation or mixed person is doing it. So, go and settle your frustration with the person. And don't be the person, the reason why the person doesn't come to church again. Because they owe you. Why make your, why make this, discomfort yourself like that? I, as a rule, don't lend money to people. I bless people. I pay for their transport, their fees, their... Except I don't know that you are going through something. I'll take care of it. But I won't take care of it for those who... You give them money to do something. Then they go and buy designers you. Brand name clothing. Me, myself, my shoe is from Ghana. I borrow you, I give you money to take care of your family affair and you, you, you are shopping in Harrods when I am in Croydon. Clap before I do something to you. What kind of message is that? These are bad financial behaviors and habits. All of us have been guilty one way or the other. So please settle that. Just in case there's anybody like that here, please settle it. Don't, don't, don't do it again. For your own sake. If you borrow, pay it back immediately or within the time. One of our daughters here borrowed some money. She told us some time ago. Lend some money to somebody. 300 pounds. And the person didn't pay. And the person came back again. I want some more money. When she didn't give it to her, look at her with an attitude. You haven't paid what? Look, I was born on Friday, but not last Friday. And I don't wash my face upward. Everybody washes their face downward. When you wash your face downward, you know people who are scamming you and conning you. Unfortunately, it happens in the body of Christ too. Just like it is in the world. So, is that a good advice? So, watch Dodo. There are some people who go to churches and stand at the gate and ask people for money. In various churches. These are all terrible. There are some people who give them money to be given to somebody. Then they chop it. They go into your bag and select the share of money you have worked for. Bad financial behavior. That's why those people don't, always don't have. It won't be us. So look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, if you have borrowed money from me, the ultimatum is today. I don't know where you'll find it from. Today, today, find the money and pay. Pay. Are you listening to me? You. When I come up with some of these things and they are not in my notes, somebody needs it. Shout a better amen. Look, look, I have this philosophy. I don't have a financial relationship with anybody, especially the members of my church. What do I mean? If you have a financial relationship with people and you don't fulfill the financial obligation, it affects my relationship with you as your pastor. So, I don't have financial relationship where you come and borrow money from me or I guarantee you're going to buy. Some people left our church because the church 
did not lend them money to buy their mortgage. Whose house is this? I said, look at my grandma, whose house it is. Whose house are you going to buy? <laughs> this was years ago, about 20 or 15 years ago. Who? How can a church give you a deposit money to go and put on a deposit for a house when the church is not called KICC Bank Limited or House of Judah Bank? That's not in the front of the door. It is banks that lend money to people to buy houses, not churches. So don't have an attitude in that your church there. Tell your neighbor, neighbor, just in case you came, you have been in this church all these years, and why you have been here is because you are expecting a loan. We bless people here. We give to people here. But it is not a bank. So, churches, Christians across the nations. Let's get it. Amen. My wife and I pay people's fees. Not from the church. From primary school. Now, some of them are in secondary school about to go to uni. They are not our children. From our pocket. Not from church. Number three, they don't gamble. Lottery. They don't gamble. Rich people don't gamble. And they don't play the lottery as a habit. Banker, 25, 26. Gabby, what's your age? 24. You, what's your age? 52. You, <laughs> sorry, sorry. You, what's your age? 43. Then you combine five numbers. Banker. Then the team passes you by. And you didn't learn. And you are always... Gambling is not a shorty. There's no guarantee. Don't gamble. Rich people don't gamble. They don't play the lottery as a habit. As a matter of fact, they are addicted to hard work, smart work, wise work, intelligent work. Proverbs 22, 29. Seest thou a man that is diligent in his business, he will not stand before mean men, he will stand before nobles. So tell your neighbor, neighbor, lottery as a habit is not good for you. As a habit. Remember my word, as a habit. As a habit. Anything you invest in that, there's no, perpetual, there's no real guarantee of a return. I'm not talking about having done your due diligence and learned about investment, stock shares. I'm talking about lottery. And very often in the past, it's been statistically proven that people who have won the lottery have lost their marriages, lost their head, lost everything. Because, you see, if, if you don't know how to handle a thousand, and a million comes into your hands today, your being able to handle a thousand is what will help you to manage the, the ten thousand and the hundred thousand before the million comes. But all of a sudden you're just there, and then you just get one million, and you don't know how to manage a thousand. You, you, won't, you, you don't know how to manage it, so it will dissipate. Number four, please. They read daily. They read every day. Look at your neighbor and say, Neighbor, when was the last time you read a book that decorated your mind, not your emotions? 
rich people read every day. Are you aware? It's those who read that rule, those who don't read. That's why you pay more to a solicitor who read law than you who read what you read, if you read. The rich will always rule over the poor. Read this today, tomorrow leaders. Those who read more and know more rule those who don't read and don't know. You pay more to those who read and those who know more in a particular field. That's why you go and see the GP and you don't take paracetamol like we do in Africa for every disease. You hop on a bus, the one medicine heals everything. This medicine will heal cocoa, it will heal meningitis, it will heal this. It's one medicine and you buy because you don't know. They read every day. And watch the books that they read. Jim Rohn said, schooling gives you a certificate, but continuous learning makes you a fortune. Reading information that will increase your knowledge about your business and about your career and about your marriage and about your future and about investment. Reading about it. Among wealthy people, 88% read 30 minutes or more a day. Just as important, they make good use of their reading time. 63% of rich people, listen, you can't take notes today. Just listen and then watch the message over. These are the things, things you are taught in seminars for a thousand pounds an hour. Unfortunately, sometimes people don't want that to, be, that to be taught. That's why the church is ignorant and poor. That's why believers are poor. Prayer does not bring financial solutions. Prayer to, tells you what to do to generate resources. 63% listen to audio, rich, listen to their habits. 63% listen to audiobooks during commuting to work and back. 79% read educational career-related material. 55% read for personal development. 58% read biographies of successful people. 94% read current events. 51% read about history. 11%, only 11% of rich people read for entertainment purposes. I'm coming to Netflix soon. I'm coming to where? Netflix soon. You only watch Netflix movies after you have made money. Not watch Netflix 24 hours a day when your bank account is dancing dances that have not been invented. Who goes entertaining themselves and lazering and holidaying when they haven't achieved anything? They say, I'm tired. Tired doing what? Sitting down. What? Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, I don't deserve a holiday when I haven't done anything productive with my life. I know you are not, I'm not popular to you today because of what I'm teaching, but I'm the one holding a microphone. My ushers are security men today. You are not going anywhere until you get what I'm teaching you this month. If somebody doesn't clap, I will charge you my... Are you learning? Ladies and gentlemen, we are not here as black people in this country to take cover. 
We are here to take over and invest back what the whites invested in Africa back to them as our gratitude for their investment in our countries and in our life by bringing schools, hospitals, and churches to us. We are here to give back to our nation, this nation. How do you feel when you go to the Asian shop and they sell you kinky? They sell you amala. They sell you cassava. Things they don't eat. Because you, who open your own shop, or you fight somebody who is opening that kind of shop because you didn't open it. There's something seriously wrong with the black race. Because I started and you didn't start it, so you, you won't support it. You do everything to frustrate your fellow person. When Asians are always working together. I went to see my landlord a year ago and to talk about land, rent, everything. And he said, listen to this guy. He's a Hindu guy or something. <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, I mean, he's Asian. That's what I mean. I'm not, it's not, I'm not saying it derogatively. Thank God for his life. I'm sorry? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He practices some kind of faith. And this is what he said. During the lockdown, the, the Hindus, the Asians, increased their offerings online. Should I continue? Should I continue? The Asians increase their offerings online. Whereas, whereas, shall I stop there? I think you get the message. <laughs> it was possible when we said most of the churches filled with people like us, rather took a holiday or reduced their tithes and their offerings to their churches. Shocking. Shocking. And it's across the board. Not only in this nation, but beyond. And that's why they're always doing well and ruling and hiring us and employing us and accommodating us and feeding us too. Everywhere you pass, they are in charge. Every shop, any few shops you pass is manned by the Asians with this financial intelligence. So, we are learning these things. So, we come up. You know, sometimes when we teach these things, people say, ah, you, you, you are talking down on us. You are talking down on us, the black race. You are talking down on us. No, I'm talking up to you to rise up, to come up, for us to come up. That's what I'm doing. We don't like fellow black people to acknowledge our mistakes. I was in the same category until I decided, no, no, I'm going to change my mind. This thing is not going to happen. No, no, this thing must change. So I start reading. Attend seminars. These are things I learned that I'm teaching you. Gathering information. Saturdays are my busy day. I don't watch TV on Saturday. Preparing 
messages that will change people. Anytime you come to church, you must leave knowing the next thing to do to get closer to your destiny and work for God and become a ruler. Number five, they don't spend unnecessary time. Uh, we are there. They don't reach, everybody say, rich people. They don't spend unnecessary time in front of the TV or watching Netflix, the news, or surfing the, surfing the net without purpose. Watch TV, by all means, but with a purpose to educate your head. Watch Netflix movies to learn something from that movie or to relax your brains and get back and do something productive that will generate wealth and help people and add value to people and add value to you. Watch TV with a purpose. Surf the net with a purpose. Watch Netflix with anything you do must be with a purpose towards arriving at your destination and helping people. Nothing that you watch on TV should just decorate your emotions. Tell your neighbor, we love this bishop. Look, when we leave church, everything I'm telling you, I will be doing them. And I want you to do them for your life, for your destiny, and your children and your children's children. Because see, what you don't know, you can't pass on to your children. So if you grew up in poverty, lacking sufficiency, just enough, that's exactly what you perpetuate because you haven't added anything to your life. Being born into a poor home is excusable, but leaving that family poor is inexcusable, unforgivable, and an arrestable offense. You came into a family that was poor, and with all the information, IT, technology, information age, and you won't add anything to yourself, and leave the family the same way you left them, you need to be arrested. Your wife asks you, uh, can I have money for milk? Hey! Where is the rent for today? Good morning, dear. What is good about this morning? Nonsense. It's all these problems, financial problems. And I'm sure because I married you, oh, Charlie, look, look, look. What is that? That's milk. Oh. Milk. Just ask for milk. Look at the neighbor say, spend less time watching movies. That don't add to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to watch movies for leisure, just make sure you have achieved something. Then you are relaxing with a bottle of water or coke or something. I mean, there's justification for watching the movie. Are you there? Am I preaching? Okay. Number six. Now, this is a dangerous one. Now, you need to hear these statistics. Are you all there at the back there? Ushers, are you with me? Everybody there? Are you listening? Because by July, by our anniversary, all of you should be able to tell me at our anniversary Thanksgiving service what you've been able to achieve. And it's showing in your bank account and in the lives of other people. Through the teachings, throughout the whole of this month, you, some creative idea. One, just one idea came to Jacob, and he became greater and richer than his boss. So you can become an employee and become richer than your employer by this wisdom. By this wisdom. <laughs> they are, number six, their education, their addiction to financial education. Everyone say financial education and financial literacy. 
Listen. Financial literacy makes you literate. Literature makes you literate. No literature makes you an illiterate on any subject. So, these rich people, they have an addiction to financial education. That's, Bill Gates reads 50 books a week, a, a year. 50 books a year. This week I sat down one day and I, taught, learned, I read two books on downsizing and then uh, what makes the rich uh, rich and the poor poor. I bought a, I have a series of books, one called Real Wealth. One called Was Jesus Rich or Was Jesus Poor? I have Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Various books on real This world is ruled by people who have money, who have ideas. Ideas rule the world. No reading, no ideas. It's just the junk, Jokoto junk that I learned in wherever I came from. That would be, you see, there's some people who have been in this country, no grammar, no new grammar, no new English, they say, and they come to this country and come and live with the same people they were growing up with where they came from. You don't move to another community to start changing your mindset about possibility. You see, the more you live in Zongo, you are in Zongo in the Caribbean, Zongo in India, Zongo in Africa, came here, get the place you looked for, another Zongo. How can you change in the same Zongo? You need to change your environment. You need to change your relationships. Oh. Look, there's a point I'm coming to. Let me go there briefly. Listen. <laughs> Get up. <laughs> you, you, are, you, are. you and my Caribbean people, and as soon as I see your faces, I like giving you work to do. So you look like you're asking for work. Get up. <laughs> Debra, where's Debra? Get up. Where's another Caribbean? Okay, just give Bianca. Get up over there. <laughs> I'm, I'm using them for a good illustration. Martha, get up. Now, get, let's assume that she, these are her friends, her friends that she, she spends more time with, these three powerful ladies. So, these are, these are her friends. Okay. What kind of relationship do you have with this person? As a friend or good friend? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Good friend, yeah? What about her? Okay, no, no, no. Okay, let, let, me, let, me, let me put the question properly. Assume, assume that the relationship you have with all these people are just friendship relationships. That's what I mean. So she's your friend. All you get from each other is friendship. Friendship, friendship, friendship. Okay. If you want to make, please be seated. God bless you. This is a lesson for all of us, including me. I learned this recently. If the relationships you have with four, four, four people close to you, the only relationship you have to them, you have with them, is only about friendship. You won't make it financially. All you get from each other is friendship. Please pay attention, everybody. Friendship, entertainment, leisure, conversation. Uh, it's just pure friendship. You will. It's a good thing. But it doesn't help you become financially successful. You need to add business relationships too. When you have just friends, you talk about friendship. 
casual stuff. But when it's great, which you need, it's very important. Don't, don't abandon your friendships. I'm saying if you want to become financially successful, you need to upgrade your relationships and start bringing into your life people who when your, conversation, your conversations with them have purely to do with business that challenges your mind to go further than where you are now. Not just entertainment, not just leisure, not just eating, not just drinking, not just enter, just leisure. You need people who, they are, when they are talking, business, motivation, Open businesses, investments, savings, stocks, shares, real estate, property. You need that additional kind of it to challenge your brains and move you from just friendship. Chatting. Today I don't feel okay, so I just call. Hey, I just say, do you, how do you feel about Bishop's message today? I tell you, he was on a roll, you know, but, uh, you know, he was shouting all over there. Uh, did you learn anything? Oh, yeah, yeah, he, he, was, he was just shouting all over the place. He did very well. As he does. Did they challenge you to save, invest, spend less? Did they tell you an idea about some stocks and some shares and some proper lands that are being sold in your country that you need to buy some and then wall it and keep it there and 10 years later the land would have accrued and, and what's the word? And, uh, uh, interest compound interest and then you can sell it or get a land that you use for farms and eventually Change it to start building real estate. People who challenge you to do something better with your life than just laughing and jesting and gisting and eating. My friends are very few. Very, very few. Very few. I want people who will tell me, boy, you have 100 members. You need people are building cities. So, boy, get up. You have one house. You need to have two houses and let out two. You need to build, set up an inheritance for your children, children, so they don't go through what you went through before they learn their lessons. You need people who challenge you. Let's say you got a council flat and you are laughing. Hanging around council flat people only. Not learning from people who have bought houses and have rented some. You, you are just, I've got a house and I've got 75 inches, 75 inches TV, and you don't have a land. You don't have a land. You don't have a land. You don't have property. You don't have assets. Investing in liabilities only. And you're going around saying, my gosh, I'll supply money. You, you will do it. It's not going to happen. God, look, this Christianity is a Christianity of responsibility. You are, you are utterly responsible for the outcome of your life, not somebody else. I am responsible for the outcome of my life and my children and my family and our church. You call me. I'm going to have a conversation with me. Tell me how many lands you have. How many properties you have. What are you, what are you, which books are you reading that are adding to your head to make you start thinking? Thinking, strategically, thinking. They're decorating your house. Nobody comes there. I don't say don't decorate your house. Those of you are decorating, please come do it because I'm coming there soon. 
But that's not the only thing. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Are they getting what I'm saying? You are buying cars. You, one person. You have three cars in your house. And you don't have a land. You don't have property. You don't have buildings. You don't have assets. Three cars. You drive one today. You drive another tomorrow. Who? Who? Sell the two. And buy lands. You have hundred shoes. You don't wear hundred shoes to church every Sunday. What is the matter with you? And you want to be financially free. Hundred shoes. What on earth is the matter with you? It took me 30 years. 30 years. 34 years. Yeah. We'll be 35 years married. July. It took me 34 years before I bought a 75-inch TV in my conservatory for my grandchildren to play because they come to my hall and everything, when they come, they are in charge. Yeah. I can't do anything. Yeah. So I built them a conservatory and put the 75 inches there for them to watch there. They tell me, I want to watch this cartoon, I want to watch uh, mathematics, I want to watch English, I want to education. So that's their room for education and playing. So they watch num- numbers, Baba, what's that? Number blocks. Number blocks. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> education. Educating their brain. Then there's some few leisure somewhere. And then my wife bought them the, 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 cup, the cupboard. What's the thing? The, the blackboard. One on one side, one on the other side. Education in addition to leisure. That's their room. Baba calls it. When we go there, he drives us out. Am I going to eat in my room? In my room? If when I was making money, I spent all the money buying suits to come and impress you, would they have a room to call their room? At least they can say at their age, we have a room in Granddad's house that we use to educate our head. <laughs> 34 years. It doesn't have to take you 34 years. That's why I'm teaching you what I'm teaching you. So you can get there in three years. That is why I'm shouting. That's why I'm shouting. That's why I'm shouting. You remember when I used to move the chairs? That's what I'm shouting. Your welfare and the welfare of people assigned to you. Your welfare. You see, it's crazy. Let's not be happy with the council if we are living in a council for our housing association. Let's, it's the start. Look at shared ownership. And if you don't want to buy anything in this country, you want to invest. My point is, the word invest should hit your head. Next time you go for, all of you, I'm sure sometimes you go out to eat. Next time you go out to eat and you are eating, let your conversation be not about the super, super malt, about where are you building? How many houses in Trinidad? How can I invest? You see, and if you are having that conversation, those, those people, they don't know about investment. Your conversation is limited. Food, really, food conversation. Entertainment conversation, leisure conversation will lead to gossip relationship. Gossip conversation. No productivity. Next year, by the same time, your relationships, next year by this time, your relationships will determine whether you have made progress or retrogressed. And you will either enjoy or suffer. 
No pastor's prayer can help you. This morning, Bishop Oedipo said, and that's my motive. We are raising financial trustees. People whom God can trust with resources to do things for his kingdom, do things for themselves, do things for their family, do things for others. Life is all about doing good. Though. But if we are chopping all, next week when I'm coming, the blouse I will wear ahead, the hairdo I will get Evelyn to do for me will be longer than her own. Who, 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 who is looking? Who is looking? I have never bought a new suit, Gabby, for the past five years. This is recycling. This morning I found this shoe. Nice new shoe that I haven't worn for a while. I said, Charlie, let me put my foot in there. Nobody looks at your shoe first. They look at what you have achieved. So, students, <laughs> I'm going to make, I need to meet your children. I want to spend some time with these, your children, once a month. I told you people, Ray, Haley, you. You take over the, the thing now, eh? I want to see all the children. Have a conversation with the children. Next week after church, we'll go upstairs with sandwiches. Then we'll graduate to proper food. I will speak language that you will stop talking about uh, Dragon Ball Z only. At your ages, you must start. <laughs> your conversations are powerful already, but we're going to improve it. Get financial people to come and speak to you people about financial intelligence at your age. Because you must do better than us. You must start early. Not wait until you are tired. Your whole body is tired. You can't go anywhere. Then now you say, I'm going to invest. And yesterday I heard something. Listen, are you aware that we are just there? All of a sudden we discover we are 40. All of a sudden you discover we are 50. You woke up one morning, you are already 55. So the future comes to meet you unprepared, yeah. with nothing to show for all those years. Because we were eating. Look, there's nothing wrong with it. I hope you get the context of what I'm doing. You want to eat, eat. Just make sure there's something called, what's there something called business lunch? What's the terminology? Where you go for lunch, but it's a business meeting. The lunch is for the purpose of talking business. So what kind of business relationship do you have in your life? What kind of financial education conversation do you have with certain people in your life? Do they go home and think about the kind of conversations you have with your powerful friends? Good friends. You are a good friend to yourself. But my point is, move from just ordinary friendship and start investment in your mind and your head. Bl empty minds lead to empty pockets. Blind minds lead to blind pockets. So if your con and your conversations are based on the, the conversations you are having, what am I saying? Your knowledge is based on the conversations you are having with certain kinds of people. You have conversations with certain people and you are moving backwards. And you are, your, your behavior is changing and you are retrogressing and you are becoming demonic. And you don't know that it's because of your relationship that you are now becoming demonic and behaving in ways that you didn't used to behave before. Association. Association. <laughs> when God is looking for people to trust with ideas, resources. Our sister at the back there years ago, raising her children. That's why you must listen to counsel. 
I want to do business. Good idea. I want to start my business. I want to start this. I want to start that. And she had little children. The nine children plus the two of them, the football club. The Johnson Football Club. And she wants to start a business. When these children are just growing. And then Mama B said, advise there. Take care of, invest in your children's development and growth now. A time will come when they'll be grown up and you can start those your businesses. She heeded the advice. It's happening. But some will say, don't tell Mama B. Don't tell Bishop. Don't let them know. Don't tell your pastors. <laughs> but tell them. People can only share with you what they know. But the other people who know other things that they can share with you, that will change your story. And that's why the other day I gave you that scripture. It says, my son, obey the instructions of your father. And listen to the counsel of your mother. And there shall be an ornament of grace around your neck. I pray for new relationships. Don't abandon the old ones. Just make sure the good ones, don't abandon the good ones. Just develop the good ones. And make sure if there are any relationships in your life that are not adding to you, switch. Or advise them accordingly that I'm changing position. May new relationships come into your life that will add value to you, that will increase your mental faculties, that will increase your productivity. May business relationships come into your life that will bring you finances, divine ideas, productivity, the spirit of creativity, the spirit of innovation, the spirit of inventiveness. Receive it in the name of Jesus. That's what the world needs, ladies and gentlemen. So we are on a journey. I have 21. I did 6 today. Let me read this. I was going to read. Let me read this last thing for you. We've got 15 minutes. Let me do this for 3, three minutes and we'll run up. Listen. Number 6. Please put number 6. Did you get anything? You know, my twin brother, lift up your head. <laughs> He's in town. He's just built a twin towers. His business is worth three, this is three or thirty. Let me just do a conservative ten or three, ten US billion dollars in properties on a street where he started out life living in an uncompleted building with no toilet, no nothing. Today his buildings are worth over three billion. How how can I go to Ghana and we saw his, his building when it was being built in ordinary cement, whatever, and then walk up the stairs. Now the building has a lift. And the lift is said if there's any problem, the lift will open for you and then solve the problem out by itself. Three billion. You don't, get, when, yeah, you don't get stuck in the lift. It has a mechanism that makes sure you never get stuck in the lift. From a, an empty building, uncompleted building, to properties in the area and other properties elsewhere. I went to a wedding recently and the pastor was telling me properties and lands he has in different places. I was just there this week and another person sent me lands and properties they have in certain places. 
how can I mix with these people and then go home today and clap for myself and visit Chinese, India, Gujarati, Ghana, all restaurants and just shop and chat with people who haven't got anything to offer anybody and no access to live for their children. How, how, how can I be complacent? And that is what the world is using as an advantage over Christians. Or we are just praying. There's a time to pray. Don't stop praying because that's the foundation. But in addition to prayer, hey, I've been here 10 years. I've been in this country 10 years, 15 years. Nothing negative, don't think negative, don't think uh, I've failed. No. The message is supposed to motivate us that how many years we have been here, what have we achieved, and what can we do to change position? There's more to achieve. So you hang out with people. I invite people to my office who, 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 who have got something to say. I hang around people who have got something to say, to challenge my brains. The last one, number six, it says, the addition to financial education and financial literacy has taught them not to trust in uncertain riches because nothing is permanent in life. Now, this is where the thing is. I'm finishing with this. Listen to this statistic. You see, don't trust in riches. And all this thing I'm talking about, property, land, building, investment, all those things, is for you to uh, become a candidate for God to use you to be a blessing to humanity, to church, to kingdom, to humanity. All these things you are talking about is to you, for you to be a blessing. Not just for the sake of investment, I have a house, I have lands, and it ends there. It's, it's for who, who, who am I impacting? Who am I accommodating? Who is homeless and my flats are taking care of them? That can lead them to become Christians. So, it's not for us to believe, trust in uncertain riches, because, listen to this statistic, and I close with that, Uncertain riches are not certain. Listen to this. So, your motive for all these things should be being a blessing. Listen to this. The richest business in 1923. This is to show you that whatever God blesses you with, don't put your trust in it. And nothing. That's why if you don't go to church, you don't tithe, you don't give, you don't save. You see, everything that you have is not secure. Listen. In 1923, a group of the greatest leaders and richest businessmen the richest businessmen held a meeting in Edgewater Beach Hotel in Chicago. This is not a story. This is a real thing. The richest men on the planet met in this hotel to discuss business. Among them was Charles Schwab, head of the largest independent steel company. Samuel Insull, president of the world's largest utility. Howard Hobson, head of the largest gas company, Ivar Kruger, president of the International March Company, one of the largest companies at that time, Leon Fraser, president of the Bank of International Settlements, Richard Whitney, president of New York Exchange, Arthur Cotton and Jesse Livermore, two of the biggest top stock speculators, and Albert Four, a member of the president, President Hardin's cabinet. These were the richest people at the time, 1923. In uh, 25 years later, 25 years later, they were, these were very rich in that year. 
25 years later, because of lack of financial education, they have made money, but lack of financial education, how to source. Having money is one thing. Maintaining it, sustaining it, improving it, multiplying it, managing it is another story. That's where financial education and this series comes into place. Not just having money. What do you know about it and how do you sustain it and multiply it and become generational? 25 years later, nine of these titans ended their lives as follows. Schwab died penniless after living for five years on borrowed money. Insol died broke in a foreign land. Kruger and Cotton died broke. Hobson went insane. Whitney and Albert Fall were released from prison. And Fraser and Livermore committed suicide. You see, I, that's why I tell people all that. Please don't be proud. You are rich today. <laughs> And, 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 and nobody can talk to you. Nine of the richest people in that year, 25 years later, some died insane, some were in prison, some nothing to show for their investments and their present fine. That's why the Bible said, don't trust in uncertain riches. Know what riches are for. Know what those lands, those investments, and those, know what you are doing it for. Not just to show off, Bishop, I have five lands. Yeah. What is it for? I say, I have five lands. What are the plans for the lands? Kingdom wise, and people wise, and family wise. Did you get anything? I'm continuing this on Sunday and then continuing the series on Wednesday online, 7 p.m. Everybody take the link. If you don't have the link, our official here will give you the link. I'm trying these days not to use names, so when I say officials, we're talking about the church officials, so whichever capacity, so that I don't use your names in the messages. You understand? Your officials. That's your officials' officials. Follow up officials. So, so the officials will deal with you officially. Because we are in official capacity and official environment. So people's names are not over the place. Your clapping will help. I'm, 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 this is from reading. I'm trying small, small. Yes, thank you for the prayer. Are you understanding what I'm saying? Who is looking forward to the next part of this message? I have 21. 21. <laughs> this is number 6. Read this message over and over. I mean, listen, listen and watch this message over. Share it. Share it and start practicing. Your relationships, your business, business. Father, bring me business relationships, productive relationships. You want to save money, but you are not able to save the way you should. There's something we have called the partner. We have a partner in Ghana we call it Susu. Where you put hundred, you, you give hundred, and then in the tenth month they give you your thousand. Sincere run by a sincere person. We are in there. July I'll collect my I'll show it to you. Because you know if you have money you will spend it. Join the partner. It's a sincere we we are in it. She hasn't run with our money. We've been doing it for the past six to eight years. 
also ran by this official. But we need to check you out before you come and spoil our money. So, once a month, did you just get your money? To do something, <laughs> the next one I get, I'm going to look for a land and buy. Yeah. And say, I have a land. Somewhere. These are the relationships God is bringing to this church. Yeah. You're going to become wiser. There are powerful people here who have ideas about certain investments. We're going to meet up as a conglomerate. As a business group. And talk business. When it's time for leisure, we leisure. And then we shall start things planning. Put your hand on your head. Say, Jesus, thank you for new wine, new wisdom. In Jesus' name. Amen. If you are watching online or you are in the house, you haven't given your life to Jesus, we are closing the service now. You want to give your life to Jesus so God can endow you with wisdom to operate on this frequency. You are not born again. Let me pray with you right now. Pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross. I believe it with my heart. Confess it with my mouth. And I accept you as my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Amen. If you've prayed that prayer, you become born again. And if you're in the house, our officials will speak to you at the end of the service. Cottonwood Publications presents the Financial Freedom Pack. The four newly released books by the author and prolific writer, Dr. Michael Hottonwood. Titles are 21 Reasons Why No Believer or a Pastor Should Be Poor, How to Get Out of Debt, and Stay Out of Debt, Steps to Becoming Debt Free, Why Budgeting is Not an Option, and Reasons Why People Walk in Lack. Order your copies today by calling 0208-689-6010 or order online at Amazon.co.uk, www.hasajuda.org.uk. UK or michaelhottonwood.org. Debit or credit card accepted. Secure online payments by Visa card, MasterCard, Charge card, Stored Value card, Leads card, and PayPal. <laughs>